0: Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Dr. Virginia Reed and today we're going to be discussing the effects of climate change and how to mitigate these with Dr John Van der Kellen from Doctors for the Environment Australia. So, John, just getting back to, you know, the policies that we can put in place, for example, with tobacco, you're now seeing that cigarettes are what, twenty five, thirty dollars a packet mm. because of the tax, the enormous mm. tax. But when we look at the cost of smoking-related illness, it's people can see easily that that's a fair trade, if you like. Mm. Are there any examples of that with climate change where we we are seeing that the people who perhaps are producing a product that, that is most responsible for this climate change are being taxed and that we're able to use those taxes to mitigate some of these... Mm. Um,
1: well, I suppose that comes back to the carbon price, really. Right, um, yeah. I think And that... this
0: has been a long, ongoing debate, hasn't Yes, it?
1: that's right. And in fact, when Labor had that policy in place, the amount of uh, brown coal that was used in the coal-fired power mm. stations in Victoria actually decreased, and there was a decrease in emissions for a short time there. Uh, but then that's now been reversed. Mm. Um, and last year, Australia's emissions still continued to go up. Mm. So um, that went up about 6% last year. Oh, and but still... a lot of
0: people say that we should export our coal to other countries because our coal, for example, China, mm. um, our coal is really good quality comparatively, mm. and otherwise they'll just burn brown coal or or worse. Um, yes. I mean, oh. how do you counter well, that argument?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. But I think that um, now, well, if there was a price on carbon, for instance, then it wouldn't then it would be certainly more expensive to be burning the brown coal if mm. it's dirtier than the mm. black coal. Mm. But there would still be a significant price on the black coal, mm. you know. Mm. And even if it was cleaner, in inverted commas, uh, it, there would still be a significant price. And now that the renewables uh, are getting cheaper and cheaper by the day, mm. um, they they wouldn't be able to compete in, in that market, you know. Right. Um,
0: When you say renewables are getting cheaper and cheaper, in fact, a lot of us are now looking at solar and storing solar. Mm. And from what I can gather, the batteries are not cheap.
1: No, that's right. And I think from what I've read as well, that seems to be reasonably expensive still. Uh, But there seems to be also a lot of... uh, research going into those and it sounds like over the next five years that that's expected to be significantly cheaper. Right. So I'm pretty sure it was the CEO of AGL who uh, made reference to that as well and that really the the market's going to change. And know. are
0: we seeing people banding together to do things about climate change on a personal group suburb? Yes level? so
1: Newcastle uh, definitely has a, a plan in place for that. Mm. Um, we're so,
0: aiming to move from a coal city to a renewable energy city. Yeah,
1: that's right. Well, you've got to wonder what you could do with what some of those large holes in the ground that are going to be in <laughs> exactly, the Valley. that's a major and, source of discussion. Uh, yeah, you would imagine that you could have one of those solar arrays with all of them uh, uh, built around the whole edge of the caldera, as it were.
0: Right.
1: You'd have to be able to uh, create a pretty intense amount of heat in the centre of that.
0: Yes, there's a lot of lot of <laughs> chat about what, what to do with mm. all of those. Um, hopefully the... I think the mining companies do pay a significant amount before they start to mine to rehabilitate. We're mm, we not always seeing debate. that, though, <laughs> as, yeah, as they go into receivership well, and things. I think with uh, one of the companies
1: that they... seems to be having problems overseas, um, right. and the implication is maybe here as well, right. um, where that money is actually for rehabilitating the, the mine... Um, and whether um, and and uh, and where they would be able to find that money if they went broke yes you know?
0: that 's always the fear, always mm. the worry isn 't mm, it that 's right and that 's part of the reason for keeping them afloat but
1: um, mm. but I think those kind of Large sort of scale projects would be beyond the average citizen, you know. Yes, um, right. And so there's a plan in Newcastle for citizens to band together and yes. to uh, commit to uh, getting some uh, batteries, you know. And yes. as, a, as a group in the so, population, so, then so you'd be able to funding,
0: buy. So uh, group funding, um, group ability to buy, what do you call that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So...
1: Yeah. Um, Getting a
0: reasonable price from the battery companies. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So you'd just be more
1: competitive as a mm. as a group. Mm. Mm.
0: So that is an area where one needs education to be able to understand appropriate batteries and mm. things but i'm finding that there's more and more talks around about that and people oh, can yeah, and people going off with the grid you know there's yeah. uh,
1: quite a bit of talk about that around mm. the place you know mm. and um, and certainly you'd need to have reliable batteries that mm. were also relatively environmentally safe you know you don't and want friendly. to have leave create something that's in 5 or 10 years is going to be Uh, difficult to get rid of Mm. And also
0: Uh, inefficient because then people have to use a generator, a petrol or diesel power generator.
1: Yeah, that's right Yeah, that's right Um,
0: So those are all concerns and issues mm. Um, but they're really getting very smart they've got these inductors that you know you can still be on the grid and it knows when to, when the sun's shining and Mm. to store and doesn't Mm. let your battery get too flat because of Mm. course they're lithium batteries on the whole There's a whole sort of range of expertise or Mm. not really expertise but knowledge that goes with that but do you find that I as a doctor have found that that empowerment that comes from being able to understand that and be able to do something about it from my understanding the studies show that that's actually very good for your health too it's when you feel like a little victim that and Mm. things are happening to you that your health suffers
1: yeah, well, I, again, I haven't seen that data, right? But, um, yeah, I but suppose certainly. As an immunologist, yeah, I'm <laughs> probably more aware of it. Yeah, yeah right. But yeah. that would make a lot of sense, you know. Mm. And I think that part of the costs related to the um, natural disasters has really been the psychological. Uh, well, we distress don't discuss that, that, do we? But, is it, is you know, after terrible. the bushfires, certainly, yeah. that was well. You know, and, recorded, and to be flooded uh, even once, but, you know, yes. some poor people, you know, two or three times, it must be very difficult to to be able to be, feel good about life. You know? Yes, hmm. yes, so, to
0: bounce back from that. Yeah, definitely,
1: yeah, definitely. A bit of
0: resilience.
1: And I saw a quote from um, a person in Christchurch, and they said that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in five or ten years they won't sort of look back on us and see how many roads we've built or how many buildings, but, you know, how well we've been able to come through all of this uh, psychologically. Right. You know, that's very well, important. That's actually really
0: true. Mm. And so, are there plans in place for natural, after natural disasters, for that sort of support? And well,
1: this was one of the calls from the uh, Deloitte um, statement was to put more money into that, you know, right. and that's one of the. Um, ideas that Doctors for the Environment also would like to see, okay. you know, that there are um, money put into resources so that people can manage after these events, you know, mm. knowing that these events are going to occur. You
0: know. Yes, so it's mm. a matter of gearing up for that and mm. and putting funding mm. into it. Mm. So that's part of what Doctors for the Environment are about.
1: That's what we'd like to see. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it's about that ad- ad- adaptation, really, to the to the change.
0: Right, mm. okay, and, and empowering people to do that.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Mm. Mm. So are there any other issues that you feel that Doctors for the Environment are strong on that you would like to to let the listeners know about?
1: Well, I suppose the climate change um, issue is such a, a big, overwhelming one um, that really that's taken most of our resources uh, mm. at the moment. You mm. know.
0: But that's exactly how people feel, and usually in that situation, if you've got, for example, you've you've diagnosed somebody with a, a major illness that may or may not be terminal, and they are usually the first thing is that they get very angry, which we've all done. Then there's denial, which mm. we're kind of still in, mm. and then there's acceptance and getting on with it and doing mm. something, and mm. that's where we kind of mm. like people to be, isn't mm. it? Yeah, that's right. And. The framework that I've been taught, just um, as a doctor, as a facilitator of that change, is breaking things down into doable steps mm. yeah. and begin at the beginning. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's and that's so very sensible. when
0: you talk about that sort of um, framework, mm. do doctors for the environment um, have on their website, for example, resources that people can use? Um, mm. What can I do about climate change? What mm. can, how can I, apart from the other? Um, tips that you've given us websites external mm. websites that we can certainly put up on our website to let people mm. know mm. you know what they can yeah, do Yeah, there's in the lots of good things. information
1: out there really i mean right. the doctors for the environment website is very good you know right. it's got a uh, quite a lot of uh, submissions in there and information for those who really don't quite understand the science you know right. um, but then it's also got some practical things right. so one of the uh, bigger uh, one of the um, documents recently released was about divestment from uh, fossil fuels and the right. and superannuation um, side of things. Yes, so right. for those who are not quite sure about that, because you know yes. it's uh, difficult sometimes to get specifics about what to do and, and why and this from is an important. Unbiased, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so there's no yeah, that's right. There's no kind of financial gain for, no. for doctors for the environment at all. Yes. Um, So, and it's about looking after
0: the environment for looking after, which Mm. I think is what a lot of people would like to be doing with their super, investing in the future, not Mm. so much for themselves perhaps as future generations to come as well
1: yeah well you don't also want to just throw your money away, of course, and no. uh, you know people have to um look after themselves after they work et cetera uh, well, but yeah. you know some of these um investments are actually quite rewarding financially as well you know Definitely. it's not just um uh giving money to to an organization that uh, is going to put solar panels in or something you know um, no, no. there can be financial returns as well. Yes. So, yeah, Divesting so good. is
0: presumably moving your money out of destructive technologies. Mm, that's right. So it's mostly resources. the fossil
1: fuel-based um, yes. uh, industry. I mean, not
0: a bad idea to put money into agriculture in Australia at the moment, I would think.
1: Yeah, 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 no, that's right, that's right. We're
0: going to be even more invested in climate change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prevention of climate
1: change. Mm, 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 yeah, that's right. Oh, it's great. And when you look at the timber industry in Australia, I mean, it's a great thing to be uh, really pushing and fostering, you know. I mean, it uh, absorbs carbon and you can use it for all sorts of things, you know. Right. And in fact, before... You know, oil was so prevalent um, lots of things that came from timber were used um, that, that were substituted by oil later. Um, but feasibly we could be doing a lot of those things again, you know, things like lubricants even, et cetera. Um, right. So it's a great thing and In Australia's got so clearing. much space for that kind of... Uh, um, so, growing industry. timber
0: in an ecologically sensitive way you mean, mm, and yeah harvesting yeah that's it, right. et cetera, yeah, that's right, as opposed yeah. to felling old forest
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, absolutely, and even the the biomass uh issue as is, as far as uh um creating energy, you know that 's not bad either, mm. you know, it 's not perfect, but you know it's it's better than digging up old carbon <laughs> from under the ground and burning it, you know right, yeah. Yeah. Right, But there's lots of practical things that can be done by the individual as well. You okay. know? And and I think in many ways it's going to come back to the individual and, and looking at your own mm-hmm. carbon emissions and your own carbon footprint, you know. Right. Um, and I think just being aware of, of how much carbon goes into the atmosphere for each thing that we do on a day-to-day basis is going to be very important, right. you know. So making that decision about, you know, whether you just uh, drive a kilometre up the road to the shops to get the paper or something yes. uh, versus, um, you know, a 10-minute walk. And, and Which your
0: doctor's already prescribed.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's a win-win, you know, yes. cause not, and it will be cheaper to run your car <laughs> and
0: yes. you'll yes. save so money it's there. it's shift in thinking, mm. if you like, mm. into, yes. you know, how does this benefit me and the environment create a win-win-win as mm. opposed to yeah this suits me for the next sort of day
1: yeah no that's right and then even your you know electricity use and and again this is where pricing always is a good stimulus but uh you know so if electricity was expensive well then you would be much more well that's uh, the way it's going yeah yeah well and it should i mean Mm. if it's going to come from coal-fired power stations it should be expensive you know um but if you can get it cheaper from um, other providers, and there are some providers around that just source all their electricity from renewable sources, you know, mm-hmm. and so if you didn't want to spend the money to put solar panels on your house or bio-batteries, uh, you know, then you could actually just switch to, to one of those and, uh, and your carbon footprint becomes zero. And are know?
0: those references on the Doctors for the Environment website? You that know? one's
1: not, but, um, right. you know, one of the ones that was based in Victoria is now also in New South Wales is Power Shop, yes, which you right. might have seen around the place. That right, sort of so comes you up. So just Google Power Shop, Power Shop, yeah. or one word. Yeah, that's and, right.
0: And uh, yeah, you'd be able to access them.
1: That's right. And so you know, straight away, um, you could uh, reduce your emissions to zero.
0: Mm, you know, mm, yep, um,
1: and you don't have to fork and out it's still any on the money. Grid. And you're still on the grid. That's right. You haven't bought batteries. Whoops. Yeah. So it's an uh,
0: investment in the future. Yeah. If yeah, If you perceive that's right. it that way.
1: Yep. No, that's right. Well, and, and in fact, the electricity is not good... more expensive.
0: Isn't it? No. I would have thought it would be.
1: Well, you see, they, they get a lot of their electricity from wind farms, etc. So, you know, it's... Yeah. A, um, it's um, it doesn't cost as much once that's set up and running. Yes. As, um, as so you're not paying for the sources. setting up
0: and running the, the initial setup costs, etc. in the cost of the electricity.
1: No, that's right. So wow. that the yeah, so the pricing's okay. actually really quite good. And right. if you do it well, isn't it, it can amazing be
0: cheaper. how humans just, just just hop onto this so quickly? Yeah. I mean we were talking about Newcastle and batteries and things and that uh, mm. this, I think it's called Sun Crowd. Yep, Is That's it? right. Yep. They actually, you know, obviously a group of people that have created an industry out of figuring out what, how much power you actually use when you use it mm. and um, coming up with a solution for you that's doable. And not only that, they're actually getting a whole group of people together to make it cheaper to buy the batteries in the first mm. place. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible rate. how these industries pop up and oh, get going. And they right. oh, probably only have yeah. been around for 10, 15 years at the most. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But they're but, going uh, ahead yeah. in leaps and bounds, yeah, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. So hopeful. Yeah, yeah, no, that's Humans right. Humans are amazingly creative mm. when they want to focus on mm. the issue. Mm. It's just getting people so, focused So, yeah, on well,
1: it. I just hope that people do come to realise what's necessary before we have more climate events like the recent storm, you know. Yes. Um, You know, and it's easy, it's interesting just reading the media because, I mean, these have been the predictions for so long that, Mm. you know, there'll be storms, et cetera, Mm. flooding. Um, Mm. And now it happens, there are still, you know, people um, making excuses for why this doesn't represent climate change or that, you know, it's not so bad, you know, Mm. and um, that's just a one-off thing. and. You know, it happened nineteen seventy four. You know, and mm. nineteen fifty six. I think, or you yeah, know, there's yeah. all these events in the past that have mm. happened. But um, but these are going to be more intense, and they're going mm. to be probably more frequent
0: um, and more less predictable. And from less what predictable. I can gather. Yeah. You know, you can adapt to if things the, if you can predict. Like Maitland, mm, the floodplain, all the houses are up, mm, and now it doesn't seem to flood mm, quite so much. But mm, you can predict, then you can adapt to it. But I think. From what I can gather, these storms are becoming less predictable.
1: Um, well, I don't and know the, how the fire storms,
0: fire. The, the the fire bushfires, that one in Canada. Mm. I don't think we've ever. Oh yeah, that's been unbelievable. A whole town, yeah. being burned.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, so here burn, we then. are with it on our mm. doorstep, you know, and mm. um, and we should take notice, you know, mm. um, and hopefully. Um, there, there will be things that people do on an individual scale, but also hopefully, you know, the government will make some changes to make it more feasible to, to, to mitigate for the effects of climate change. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, our current policy is for a 26% reduction in emissions by 2030, which is really only a quarter decrease on what we're doing now over the next 14 years. You know, I mean, is that good enough? Because really, you know, every bit of carbon that goes into the atmosphere now, we have to deal with in the future, you know. So the faster we can get that down, the better we're going to be.
0: Yeah, towards that zero.
1: I know.
0: Well, it's been a fascinating discussion. It's obviously a very overarching, huge discussion. Mm. And I think probably the immediate effects are with us already. Mm. Um, But what I guess I hear you saying is that doctors for the environment hope that by their coming together, we get shifts in policy and shifts in mind frame. Mm. such yeah, that that's right. the that's right. effects are um, mitigated. Mm. That's, right. that's I mean, right. You'll never get rid of flood storms. No, that's right. Yeah, completely. no, of course not. you yeah, right. certainly don't want them to become any that's more right. intense.
1: That's like right. That's and, ruined. you know, when you see the images of the barrier reef and, you know, and and the effects and there, there and, uh, you know, it's hard to see how it's going, there'll be enough change to save all of that, you know. Yeah. It's... um. It's it's now now or never really. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and, a lot of sites. It's a um, bit of a tipping point. Yeah, and waiting another ten or twenty years to make some significant changes mm. is probably just going to be too long. Mm-hmm. Uh.
0: You'll have been listening to uh, myself, Dr. Virginia Reed, discussing the effects of climate change and what we as people can do about it. What we would hope that governments in our own country would be doing about it and also what the global network or or group of scientists there's a a number of different organizations looking at this problem and actually doing things about it legislating as we've heard in holland against cars uh, petrol diesel cars by two 2025. Yeah, I think, yeah.
1: I don't think they've is... quite passed the law yet, but um, right. it sounds like they're pretty well, close. Well, they're looking at it, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So it's, it's a huge discussion, and we hope that you've enjoyed trying to air some of the issues, and from it, you can gain some knowledge about how you personally and also your friends. Create some discussions. Mm, that's right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: talk about it with people. Talk it's about good. it. I mean, there's a lot get of really good there. health opportunities uh, mm. to if you want to mitigate against uh, climate change. You know, for the mm. individual, mm. even that example with riding. You know, walking up the street to get the mm. newspaper mm. rather than just that short car journey. You know, yeah. it's a it's it
0: break it down in into many.
1: doable bits. That's right. Just do bits and pieces. You know, changing yeah. your electricity provider you know, with no real change of cost but makes a big impact on the environment, you know. Yeah. Um, superannuation, you know, changing your investments so that they are better for the environment rather than um, detrimental, mm-hmm. you know, and yet again probably with no real loss of income, you mm-hmm. know, or, mm-hmm. or long-term um, um, wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all of those things, and I, and I think they are easy to do. You know,
0: um, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if do what you can do, I mm. suppose mm. is another, and you'll mm. know what that is for you as an individual. But mm. uh, if you've got that philosophy that that is what you want to do then generally speaking, humans will find a way. Hmm. (laughs) The human will. It's a wonderful thing.
1: Yes, yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, no, they're they're remarkable humans. (laughs) Humans are remarkable. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much for the discussion. And if you'd like reference to any of those uh, websites, either you can look on the website for Doctors for the Environment Australia or on our website, 2NURFM.com, and we'll attempt to put up some resources that would help you to, if you choose, uh, make the shift, or if you're already shifting, uh, help to empower you to have the discussions and and feel like you're doing the right thing.
1: Dr Virginia Reed was talking to Dr John Vanderkallen about the effects of climate change and how to mitigate them. Dr Vanderkallen represents Doctors for the Environment Australia. You're listening to Wellbeing. Nearly 13% of the global population is now obese, compared with just over 9% who are underweight. That's according to a study published in The Lancet in April 2016, and it suggested that obesity is now a bigger problem than world hunger. Professor Claire Collins from the University of Newcastle takes up the story.
2: That report looked at um, 188 countries around the world and what the obesity rate and how much it's gone up since 1975. And it was looking at, can we meet the 2025 target of slowing the rate of obesity? And they worked out the probability is absolutely zero. But one of the statistics in that document that I thought was fascinating was they broke us up into decades from 1975, so okay. 75 to 85. 85. 95, yeah. Yeah, and what they found is that across the world... Adults, for every decade, weigh one and a half kilos more than the previous decade. So as an average man or woman, you weigh six kilos more than you did of men and women in 1975. And you know what the litmus test of that is? Go and visit your grandparents or your parents, if anyone young out there, and look through the old photo books, photo albums, and it's absolutely true. BMI is useful when you're looking at a whole country. And so this study was not looking at individuals. It's looking at what's changed in the world. And really, it was a call to action. So what can countries do so that the people who live in them can have a chance of being healthy, not being, uh, not being so overweight that it's actually adversely affecting your health and not being so underweight that you're starving? Around the world at the moment, the big thing that's being talked about and seems to have support is for a sugar tax. Now, while that alone is not enough to halt the obesity epidemic, it does wave a big flag that says, "Hey, food and nutrition is really important, and here's one issue on which we will take on the food industry and say you must um, you have to accept that food is a big part of why um, you know the world is becoming fatter now, you know it doesn't really matter what somebody's body size is." Well, when it gets to the point that it's tipping them into type 2 diabetes and then renal failure and then going blind, then the the answer is yes. That's why I support the sugar tax, because it's a flag that says, here's one thing we all agree on. You can live without uh, soft drink in particular, and at least it's a start and gets food and nutrition up front and centre, and we're talking about it. This is the world we live in, that it is possible to cheaply put out very large portion sizes of food. We know from science that when you offer people more food, they absolutely eat more, whether it's adults or kids, it's somewhere between 150 and 250 calories. Now, that's one to three hours of walking to burn those extra calories off by offering people regular, not ridiculous portion sizes, just large serves compared to the serves that were offered in the 70s. So what can you do yourself at home or at your workplace? I think you can champion healthy eating policies. You can actually get out those small dinner plates from the 1970s, go and visit Grandma and granddad again. When you use smaller plates and you, and you serve yourself smaller serves, it absolutely does help you eat less and get to a, a healthier weight and feel, feel healthier.
1: Professor Claire Collins, Senior Research Fellow, School of Health Sciences, Nutrition and Dietetics at the University of Newcastle. That's all we have for you in wellbeing today. I'm Graham Wilson and all of us at wellbeing wish you well.